We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back into Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Alongside Bruce Levine, I am Mike Esposito. And as this music might suggest to you, we're going to talk a little White Sox with Assistant General Manager Jeremy Haber, who joins us now on the line. Hey, Jeremy, good morning. Mike, Bruce, how are you? Good to be with you. Good morning. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, Jeremy, this time of year, you know, we uh, we always get a lot of questions about waivers and how people can be traded now and how they work. It seems to be uh, more of a, uh, a science than most people understand. <laughs> so... Uh, because uh, our good friend and, and your uh, top executive uh, general manager, Rick Hahn, used to be our guy to fill us in every year right after the training deadline, we are coming to you for your expertise on waivers and how they work after the trading deadline, how difficult it is. Can you take us through the couple of t- different types of waivers and how they work right now? Sure. It's a, it's a good topic for so- well, we're having trouble with uh, your. Uh... I think the, uh, I think the the biggest thing to remember uh, for trade waivers in August is that uh, teams can put guys on with no risk. Um, so uh, teams will routinely run uh, a substantial portion of their forty man roster through trade waivers, um, and if they are at, at that point, they can be claimed uh, by another club, and. The requesting team can always pull them back, um, and nothing ever happens. Uh, as you've seen in the past few years, uh, there's two other outcomes. Uh, if a player uh, goes favors, he's then freely tradable. Uh, we've made trades uh, in August in the past few years with Deaza and Beckham uh, and Dunn. Um, the the alternative is a, the players claimed, and you can work out a trade with the claiming team. Um, so, yeah, as Bruce, you mentioned it, it is harder. There's a little more friction in, in making trades, uh, but we're still out there trying to trying to see what's possible. As far as um, once a guy clears waivers and there's a claim put in, and the club pulls him back. Jeremy, is it true that uh, the guy can't go back out on waivers for 30 days after that? Right, right. So at that point, at that point, that player's not going to be not going to be moved for for the rest of the season. This hour brought to you by Gurney Volkswagen. When searching for a new Volkswagen, search for GurneyVW dot com. Uh, and Jeremy, the so the, the chess game really. I mean, there's the the just the the July 31st trade deadline, which we're all aware of we talk about we pay atten- great attention to as to what everyone is doing and then I imagine that you know the whole claiming not claiming you know who goes on who goes off I imagine there's quite a bit of uh of uh subterfuge to that isn't there <laughs> well I think what you what you've seen in 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 recent years is that a lot of the 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 trades that take place in August didn't involve players uh, with substantial salaries. Um, so those are the guys who get through um, and clear uh, because no team wants 
be at risk for for taking on the whole salary. Um, so, or or they're you know teams that uh, are in the playoff race and they have an injury that took place after the the non waiver trade deadline. So now they might have a different need than they did a couple weeks prior. Uh, so there's always there's always changes in in, in what the, the contending teams are looking for, and uh, that can drive the market a little bit. White Sox assistant general manager Jeremy Haber, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse, showing his expertise on the waiver wire and how trades are done at this time of year. The waiver wire works this way. Uh, it is reverse of um, the worst record to the best record. Is that how people normally pick every day when they go on and look at waivers and decide whether to attempt to uh, put a claim in? Yeah, so the, the traditional waivers run run worst to, to to best, and then trade waivers has that added wrinkle that we do the whole American League first and then the National League. And uh, from, from that perspective, as you point out, there's been some famous claims over the years of teams taking on huge salaries that they didn't necessarily want because the other team has the ability to say, okay, you claimed them. Guess what? You got them. Uh, we don't, we don't want anything back and, uh, and they don't pull them back. Those are, those are things that rarely happen, but when they do, uh, I think they become a part of baseball lore, don't they? Absolutely. You know, claiming a guy on trade waivers is not, uh, is something that, you know, we, we look at very carefully because there's always the potential that uh, the team on the other side is just going to say, uh, he's yours. There you go. Jeremy, uh, you, you uh, look at your farm system and I know that's what we talk about so much with, you know, the, the great group of, of young minor leaguers that you guys have uh, ascending the guy we get more calls about and more input about, and he's on the major league roster, but he's a very young player is Yohan Moncada. And it's understandable he was, you know, the top prospect in baseball when you guys got him. He's now playing just about every day at the major league level. Can you let our listeners know and tell us what kind of progressions you've seen in his game since he's been on on the White Sox? Sure. Uh, I think it's important as you you look at Yohan to take a step back and kind of look at how he came to the major leagues because this is not a traditional college-drafted player uh, who's making his way up uh, obviously coming out of Cuba uh, he was he missed a lot of baseball basically didn't play for a year and a half um, and at, at an age when that development is critical uh, but he's so talented um, and, and advanced he was able to progress quickly through the minor leagues in spite of that uh, we have seen uh, tremendous improvement in, in his defensive uh, performance throughout the minor leagues and continuing at the major league level. Uh, his game awareness uh, and his adjustments at the plate. Uh, he's he's a he, he has a, a elite eye um, and he's you know still learning at the major league level, which is something that that Ricky has stressed throughout. As far as um... Ricky taking guys out. What, what's the front office look at um, uh, him taking some of these young guys out of games when they don't necessarily break out of the um, the box uh, initially and try to assume plays before they happen, like in the case of Anderson last last week? What what do you guys talk about uh, as far as part of the motivation of those type of moves? Sure. I mean, I think that's the most 
public version of something that is that is bigger mm-hmm. um, that Ricky has brought uh, to the clubhouse, which is uh, accountability and consistent effort. Um, so, I, I, you know, that is that is something that guys the, the public sees. Uh, but there's a lot more beneath the surface in terms of the culture that, that, that Ricky expects um, and, and, and that the players expect of themselves. Uh, I don't think this is an example of um, manager versus player at all. I think we, uh, throughout the clubhouse, the coaching staff, the front office, and the players are on the same page about uh, what's expected uh, when you wear the White Sox uniform. Uh, we just got a, a text from uh, from uh, both uh, from – Vice President Kenny Williams and GM Rick Hahn saying, Jeremy, uh, please let Bruce and Mike know in the audience at 670 The Score and 670score.com when Eloy is uh, going to be promoted this week. So, uh, I mean, feel free to, to let us know. Uh, all kidding aside, um, you know, Rick talked about the fact that people push their way uh, up the ladder and force executives to make decisions. How can you be more forced than what Eli's uh, been doing uh, in the minor leagues this year? Sure. I mean, I think it's important. You you, you look back at, at where we started, Bruce. You know, you and I talked ever since uh, a change of strategy two years ago. And at the time, we said we want to acquire championship-level, young, cost-controlled players that are going to form the next championship core. And there's a lot of reason for excitement and uh, throughout the minor leagues, not just Eloy. Um, so, you know, it, two years into this, uh, you know, we view the, the excitement and clamoring for some of our young guys as, as a, a, a uh, evidence that things are on the right path. Um, and we will uh, sadly not be breaking any news this Saturday morning. But uh, well, we, we Monday's good enough. Uh, we appreciate the, the interest <laughs> and excitement. Uh, you know, can you make a better trade for both the Cubs and you than uh, it appears Cease and Jimenez for Quintana? A year later, can you imagine uh, both sides being any more content with the deal? Look, I think the uh, both sides knew they were getting quality pieces um and that's that, that that that's what you expect when 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 you trade guys like that Sox assistant general manager jeremy habers our guest a few more minutes with him here on inside the clubhouse on 670 the score and uh certainly encouraging uh the last few nights jeremy the you know the young pitchers pitching at the major league level they, they've had certainly their their ups and downs this year but giolito last night and, and lopez two nights ago uh with excellent outings and two straight wins for the white Sox. Yeah, I mean, no better example of you know, the ups and downs of, of, of development at the big league level. Uh, and, and Lucas has battled throughout. Uh, he's done exactly what you would hope for, for a young player, which is, uh, you know, to keep looking forward uh, towards his next start and uh, controlling what he can control and uh, working with the staff to, to improve uh, start by start. In closing with you, Jeremy, and Mike and I appreciate your time coming on Inside the Clubhouse today. really appreciate your expertise on top of that. Uh, when you look at Jose Abreu's year, and we saw him start off as one of the hottest players in baseball for the first six, seven weeks, maybe a little longer, and then become one of the coldest, do you think a part of that is uh, the, the the fact that they were pitching him differently and there's a general 
with all due respect, lack of protection for him in that lineup, knowing that he was the one that was going to hurt you the most with uh, Garcia out for extended periods of time? Uh, look, I think any time uh, you have a, a, a guy like Jose, uh, he's going to have those hot stretches that you know rightly place him as one of the best hitters in the American League. And you're going to have times when he's cold. Uh, he's been that way, frankly, the, the whole time he's been with us. And um, I think there's a constant uh, struggle for other teams to get him out because he's, he's, he's an impressive hitter. Um, but I think, you know, there's no more professional hitter than, than Jose. And uh, when he isn't going uh, the way he wants to be, he's figuring out a way to get back. Jeremy, we appreciate your time. Uh, you know, great insight from you. And uh, I, I'm, you're pretty smart not to believe everything I say about uh, going ahead and <laughs> well, letting us know about Eli. But uh, we'll expect to see him pretty soon. Uh, keep up the great work, and, and thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jeremy. Assistant General Manager of the White Sox, Jeremy Haber, giving us a little insight into the waiver wire, how it works now how it impacts the game by being able to make trades and uh, not giving us anything as to when Eloy is going to show up. Well, we'll just wait for Kenny to text you Rick Hahn's checklist, and then we can just go over it and make sure that everything has has been taken care of there. You know, it's a great topic, (laughs) and I think a lot of White Sox fans are clamoring to see this guy, but they are holding to their guns about he has a few more things to check off, including uh, his defensive routes and some other things as far as conditioning before they want to actually make this move. And, you know, we talked about you on Moncada in there, and, and let's uh, jump out to the phones, Bruce, because uh, a Moncada question comes to us here from Mike and Glencoe on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Uh, Bruce, a question I have is, you know, we have this conversation about Moncada and Anderson, who I, I have concerns about their development. And we look at the Minnesota Twins who have done a rebuild, and it doesn't look like it's working out as planned. When is it in terms of, is it 2019, 2020, when is it fair to look and see this is the rebuild is working for the Sox? Because it, my impression from this year is it's going to take, the development of these young kids is going to take so much longer than I expected. And I've been watching baseball for over 50 years. Uh, when is it, is it fair to say this is working or not? Is it 2020? What's your experience? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, a lot of people were looking at the Cub rebuild, and thanks for your call. It's it's a really good question. A lot of people were looking at the Cubs in 2015 and saying, "Why in the heck did they sign John Lester? And is this really the time?" Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Cubs they were early. Right? Cubs were coming off of 89 losses. Yeah, they were 73 and 89. The year before they had lost 96. The year before that they had lost over 100. Um. Did it look like the Cubs were ready to compete when John Lester showed up? Maybe they were incrementally better. Uh, Ricky Renneria had come in. Uh, Rizzo and Castro had much better seasons. They got straightened out. They looked like young star players coming. Um, you know, you, you saw some of the younger guys in the organization like Hendricks getting ready to come up and compete and be ready. But nobody um, thought that Lester was going to take them right to an NLCS his first year. So the White Sox are probably, I would say 2020 would be the year that they start plugging in a guy like Mancata or Machado or Harper. Now, they're available next year, Machado, Harper. You'll hear that the White Sox are kicking the tires on it. I don't know if uh, 
the players will be interested in coming to the White Sox at that point. Uh, free agents turned down the Cubs initially because they didn't think they were the place to go. Uh, guys like Tanaka, guys like Sanchez offered huge contracts, turned right. them down. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think the, the White Sox time is coming, probably 20, but don't think that the White Sox won't get involved in trying to sign big-time free agents this offseason. Our discussion brought to you by the Chicago Wolves, who are making big plans for their 25th anniversary. Get your season tickets now. Receive exclusive benefits. Visit ChicagoWolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. That 2015 Cubs team, Bruce, two things that jumped to my mind as to why they made that leap. I mean, you had Jake Arrieta out of nowhere, pretty much. Uh, I mean, you saw the progression, but I mean, to have right. a Cy Young season out of a guy that you got in, in, in a, a trade uh, with Pedro Strope for Scott Feldman. I mean, you, you didn't expect that type of performance from him. And then, right. of course, you had Chris Bryant come up uh, two weeks in and immediately be the rookie of the year. And then 2016, when they won, what did they do? They had signed Lester the year before, their huge contract. Then they signed Zobrist, Hayward, and Lackey. Okay? Yep. And they spent between those three and Lester uh, over $330 million. Okay? For four guys. It's a lot of free agent dough, yep. That is the part where people forget how you complete a rebuild. You must bring in top veteran players, impact people in your clubhouse, impact players on the field to finish it. It's just not all about young people. So that's why uh, Williams and Hahn and Mr. Reinsdorf will be looking for free agents to plug in next year and the year after as they go forward with this fine young group of young players. And don't forget Araldis Chapman at midseason. I'm sure you didn't, but uh, another piece that they would not have yeah, won without. Again, I mean, uh, that is when, when you talk about a rebuild that you're going to have all organization players uh, contribute to a World Series win, that's naive. That, that just doesn't happen. All, you're going to use a lot of those good players like Jimenez, like Torres, two guys that – have the potential to be stars in baseball mm-hmm. to pick up those finishing pieces to be able to complete championship runs. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number. We are open phones for you. If you want to check in on what you just heard from Sox assistant general manager Jeremy Haber, please do the rebuild and uh, things about Eloy Jimenez. If you want to talk about Javi Baez and is he the MVP of the league right now, we we will do that uh, as well when we come back. Uh, It's Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. Back on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito, and a very quick programming note, Bruce. Tonight, Brian Urlacher's Hall of Fame speech, we will carry it live uh, during the Julie and Maggie show. Whenever it happens, you can listen to it right here on The Score. You could also, of course, listen to Cubs baseball right here on The Score starting at 1245. We don't have a time on that? It's around 7 o'clock-ish. It, he's speaking fourth, so it depends on the length of the previous speeches. So uh, we'll see, but we'll have it. Whenever, well, when it happens, we will have it. I'll be you. listening because uh, one of my favorite players ever, Brian Urlacher. And we will have uh, Cubs baseball for you today as well, starting at 1245. Zach Zaidman with the pre and Kyle Hendricks on the hill. Is Javier Baez the National League MVP as we stand here today on August the third with about 50 and some change left games left in the season. Is he the best player in the national league? 
Is he the odds-on favorite to win that award? 312-644-6767. Text Mike at 670-11. Here's a player that's still in player development in a lot of ways. Uh, Still prone to swinging at pitches and that are three, four, five inches outside the box. But when a ball is in the strike zone, look out because Javier Baez has been one of the most damaging players out there when it comes to offense. He is one of the most electric players on defense. He is certainly a must-see when it comes to base running. Um, There are very few areas of the Javier Baez game that you can criticize now and say it's not above and beyond just about anybody else. Offensively and defensively, you see it. We saw it yesterday. He made a play at second. He... He hit a home run. You know, this is a guy that... Uh, Throws the guy out at, uh, at yeah, home plate. Absolutely. Significant. The the thing that uh, is most interesting about him is when you talk to baseball people, the, the shock part is that some of the top scouts in the game, people that watched him as an amateur, had no idea of the high-level baseball IQ and anticipation level that he has which seems above a lot of others, uh, not only to envision something, but to make something that looks really difficult uh, to imagine happen. Yeah, and and Joe always talks about not coaching out his baseball instinct, which is off the charts. He he, he loves what Javi mentally brings to the game. Uh, and all the MVP, t- you know, before the season, if you would have said who on the on this Cubs team is likely to be uh, leading the National League MVP chase uh, as of August 1, I'm guessing Javi would probably have been maybe your fourth or fifth guess on that sure. offense. Sure. You would have Rizzo. You would have Bryant. Mm-hmm. Off of the year Wilson Contreras had last year. There. That, That's, yeah. that was was my pick. Mine too. Yeah. I mean, and then you have Javi. And uh, it's, been, it's been incredible to watch. It's been fun to watch. You don't have to be a Cub fan to enjoy the five-tool incredible games that Javier Baez has had and brings to baseball every day. And I I, I will uh, read this 312 text only so we can disagree with it. Baez, the MVP of the league. My God, do you guys ever stop with the Cubs brown nosing? This is in no way Cubs brown nosing. This doesn't interfere with my Cub brown nosing. <laughs> it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> it, 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 it is a so, totally a different issue because if you go through the National League right now, Mike, Go through it. He, he leads you the league have, in RBIs. He has 23 well, let's, home let's runs. Look at, let's Go look, ahead. We'll, we'll do his it. numbers. We'll Go let, ahead. Let's look at, let's look at um, the other candidates in the league. Christian Yelich is having a phenomenal year He's having a great for the year. Brewers. Yes. He's the one that's kept them right there with the Cubs day in and day out. Freddie Freeman with Atlanta is going to get a lot of love for the way that Atlanta has come out of nowhere, and he's been He's the, cool, though. He's been the guy. Nolan Arenado is always going to be mentioned as a top guy. Uh, he Every gets year. punished yep. for playing in Colorado, yes, but he, he is a tremendous player all the way around there. And then you have the case for Max Scherzer as a pitcher MVP. The only thing really keeping that Nationals team, uh, the Nationals as it is, two games over five hundred, five and a half games behind the Phillies in the East, but that team minus Scherzer is a disaster. They're down there with the Marlins and the Mets uh, minus the starts that Max Scherzer makes. But I, I and I'll, uh, we, we've got the, the Baez uh, numbers yeah. here. I got my no, baseball just reference. Run you up. some it's, numbers here. You got it. Javier Baez first in RBIs in the national league. First in extra base hits. 
He's second in total bases. He's fourth in doubles, third in triples, sixth in stolen bases, fourth in slugging, sixth in runs. Uh, he's a fifth in home runs. Uh, he's also kind to old ladies and uh, he <laughs> stop it with all the brown nose. gives people money on the street. <laughs> and you didn't say a word about defense. Here's uh, Anthony Rizzo. Right, right at the top. Uh, I mean, his numbers are very, very good and he's been very consistent uh, offensively, defensively, the bases. He does it all. He's a complete player. He steals bases. So I think that, uh, you know, he continues to keep doing what he does. I don't, I mean, I'm sure other guys around the league are having tremendous years as well, but he's on a first place team with, with a lot of uh, expectations and he's carrying a load. Baez himself, uh, a little nervous about the conversation, not really interested in talking about his daily numbers, Mike. He makes me nervous, to be honest, because like I said, I don't want to play with numbers. We'll see, we'll see at the end, we'll see in September. And, you know, when we get to September, it's going to be about playoffs. So we'll see. We'll see when, 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 when the, the things come up and when the numbers come up. And we'll see in the offseason what, what, what I get for, for this season. If you're a baseball fan, you might like Javier Baez to watch. White Sox fans, when you watch Baez, do you hate him as a Cub or would you prefer that he was on the White Sox doing all those things? Uh, Cub fans, do you love this guy more than anybody? And is he somebody that brings back memories of uh, Sammy Sosa at his peak, uh, exciting the people out at Wrigley Field? I mean, Mike, who, who brings more excitement to the game than Javier Baez does at this point? Joe Madden had the wherewithal to say... Um, Willie Mays in the same statement with Javier Baez. Hmm. Uh, it's a little bit of a push at this point, but certainly the potential is there to be a great player. Our MVP discussion brought to you by Northwestern football coach Fitz and the Music City Bowl champs host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Season and single game tickets on sale now at nusports.com. And we're going to jump out to the phones, Bruce, but I did find I, I was listening to this yesterday. You talk about Baez in the MVP race, and Joe Madden in the postgame talked about what he doesn't want to do with Javier Baez. You should never attempt to coach in instinct. or a, now There's times you want to get a guy to back off. I cannot disagree with that. But when you try to uh, subtract instincts from a player as a coach, that's possibly the worst thing a coach can do. So I've, I've talked about this in the past. Um, his... We, you know, we kind of like have this sign language communication going on during the game. He sees things, and I'm, I'm back with him. Um, I would not mess with that kid's head. He, um, he plays on the highest level mentally, and you don't want to interfere with that. We even forgot to mention, Mike, that he's stolen home plate twice this year. And the reason he's <laughs> been able to do that is because Joe Madden, uh, when he sees the potential – gives the green light for this to go ahead and get done. Now, it's it's been on two plays where there's a left-handed pitcher on the mound. There's been a man on first base. Uh, the first move by the pitcher toward the pickoff at first mm-hmm. by as breaks and goes. And, right. that, and that's how it's, it's done. Can't be done. Can't be done with a right-handed pitcher on the mound. There's just too much uh, right in front of him to, to show that uh, Baez can't get that extra – 
special secondary lead to be able to steal home plate. And, and even in Thursday's game, which uh, the Cubs mustered only three singles in one run, the run scored when Wilson Contreras slid into home using the old swim slide, whatever you want to call it, that learned from bias. I mean, that's that's the only reason right. that run scores. There's there are some detrimental things about sure. uh, Baez does because of the fact that every player on the Cubs gets a little juiced up when they're out there running the bases mm-hmm. and they want to make something happen and not all of them can. Yeah, there's been some base running blunders over the past few weeks, in particular the uh, faux pas by Addison Russell trying to make a triple, a double into a triple, being the first out down a run in the ninth inning after he drove drove in the run to catch them up one run uh that wasn't good you can't make that first out at third base you can't do it especially in the ninth inning when uh, your team is down a run and no matter how many people tell you mike he was safe you know he was there his you know they had some replay that showed his hand bounced off the point is is that from a baseball thought process you can't go to third base unless you're going in there standing up otherwise you have to stay at second base get out to the phones Bruce lots of people want to check in on this and other topics to Wrigleyville first where Crawley is on the line hey Crawley good morning good morning guys you know when I take a look at what you're saying uh, to me if Baez was not on this Cubs team with the injuries to Bryant Darvish the subpar seasons from uh, Russell Rizzo those guys I don't think I don't know if the Cubs are in the playoff picture to be honest with you so that's why he gets my MVP vote along with all the other things he does the base running defense and offense Taking a look at the offseason, I know we're still in the middle of the season, but, you know, I don't know if David Bodie is a real deal or what, but that kid just seems to have a lot of instincts, good plate appearances, and can play second and third. You know, the big fish that are going to be in this free agent class, Harper or Machado, to me when I take a look at that, I, I know Dar- or, uh, Harper's coming out strong out of the break, but I'm really interested at in the possibility of maybe taking uh, Machado, but getting Machado and then being able to put maybe uh, switch around Baez and Bodie, and then being able to put Bryant and left. So you're, 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 trading, you're, you're trading Russell, right? Russell and uh, maybe Schwarber for uh, pitching. Okay. I, you know, all good possibilities, really. Um, I think they're going to be open to anything. Thanks. Uh, I, you know, I think the, he's thought it out pretty well. You they, know? Have, they have so far managed to not trade off of this major league roster. Right. And at some point that is not going to be sustainable anymore. The The key is being able to uh, evaluate your own players. How far do you think Hap will go? Will mm-hmm. he be a superstar in another year? Is Schwarber just coming out after very few major league at bats, even though he had those spectacular playoffs? Mm-hmm. Um, is, is this a prototypical type of year where he'll hit 245, hit close to 30 home runs and drive in 85 or 90? Or is this him stepping off to an even bigger and better career going down the line? So how you scout your own players, Mike, how you evaluate your own players, that's going to be key as to what type of moves you make going forward uh, toward Three and four hundred million dollar players. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number. Todd from Dwight, Peter and Wilmette, you two will be first up when we come back. We're talking White Sox. We're talking Cubs. Rebuild. Bias for MVP. 
Theo comments, you Darvish pitching. We got a ton going on, and we will continue to talk about your Chicago baseball teams here on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. Back on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score, Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito, have you for another 20 minutes or so till 11 o'clock. We will also have Cubs baseball for you today. 1245, Zach Sadman will have your pregame game three. Cubs and Padres, Kyle Hendricks on the bump for your yeah, Chicago a big Cubs. start for Hendricks. Yep. And it's the first time in a long time that he's gotten an extra day of rest, which is going to be huge for him. He did not get that during the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Went on the uh, conventional five because there was only three days off during the All-Star game for the Cubs this year for the first time in a long time. And uh, I, th- I think that extra day should help him quite a bit. Uh, he has to be of the level that he was last year at the end of the season and in 2016 for the Cubs to have that type of rotation going down the stretch here that can separate themselves from the Milwaukee's and the Pittsburgh's and the Cardinals. It's essential that they start getting six innings out of these guys. Doesn't sound like we're asking a lot, Mike, six innings, but the six is the new eight Mm -hmm. in baseball. And you Uh, mentioned earlier, five is the new seven. Five is the new seven, six is the new eight. And you know, the, the numbers are there to prove it. You, you like, you want to metrics-wise prove there's very few pitchers over the last few years that have averaged seven innings a start. Uh, their names are usually Scherzer or Sale Berlander. or Kershaw. Yep. Uh, there's only a handful of guys that have come even close to seven-inning average a start. So six innings, give me that six, and you know, you'll know you see superlatives in the paper and online the next day of Six brilliant innings pitched. Mm-hmm. Quality start. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. This segment is yours. Uh, the inside the clubhouse listener. We want to talk to you about what's going on in your baseball world. Um, we talk. We're talking a lot about the fight that the Cubs are in with the Brewers, and I, as a baseball fan, I love it. You it's know, great theater. Yep. I know Chicago Cub fans would love to have their team seven games ahead, but the Milwaukee Brewers are an outstanding team. And they are a resilient team. And they're also uh, a team that is tested from last year and has, have learned. They've added a lot of offense over the last year, including mm-hmm. last week with Mustakis and Scope mm-hmm. uh, to add with Yelich um, and Kane that they added uh, over the offseason. It's a really good team. Um, but uh, the separation, not necessarily there. Anthony Rizzo uh, yesterday talked a little bit about the fact that uh, he doesn't expect anybody to run away with this division. The Reds are arguably right up there with the best team here. So um, there's no uh, there's no team where you're just coming in, you know, steamrolling. It's uh, it's going to be a fight every day, especially National League this year. Everyone's really good. So uh, you got to come in and, and play and bring your lunch pail. What's in your lunch pail, Mike? Uh, what, do, what are you bringing with every day to the ballpark? I had a donut and coffee on my way in, but outside of that, all I have left in my lunch pail now are Pop-Tarts, and that those are for Rosenblum, actually. So I got nothing, <laughs> I got nothing here. Rizzo makes a point that, you know, it's going to be a blue-collar battle. It's going to be a fist fight going down the end. Nobody's going to uh, expect anybody to fold up. The Pirates have been, uh, over the last two and a half weeks, the hottest team in the National League. They have... Picked up six or seven games, I believe, in the uh, in the standings, and uh, they are to be taken seriously after making the move for Chris Archer, yep. 
who unfortunately couldn't make it to five innings yesterday. Well, five is the new seven, so he didn't. He, he did, did not. He get didn't there. make it in his first. And one. the Pirates have jumped St. Louis, so they're now six and a half behind the Cubs in the division. And yeah, I mean that is not uh, uh, a uh, an insurmountable deficit. So they are they are right there in the mix. Uh, let's get out to the phones, Bruce. We've got uh, Todd out in Dwight talking a little White Sox. Hey, Todd. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, and before I ask my questions, if you don't mind, I just wanted to jump in. You asked as a Sox fan. Um, it kills me to say it, but I love Javi Baez, and, and he is the MVP, and he's so fun to watch. And so, yes, as an outsider looking in, I just I, I watch Cubs games just to watch him. He's great. But um, anyways, my Sox questions, uh, and forgive me, I've heard his name pronounced a gazillion times, but mm-hmm. haven't heard much about Louis Robert. I know he was injured. Is he playing again? Do you guys know what's the timeline? Yeah, uh, the- just, just brought up uh, like uh, three days ago to Arizona Instructional League where he's going to play. He had the thumb injury that kept him out for two months so he is active now and getting himself together a little bit of a lost year for Robert but uh, he's going to get some extensive playing time here in uh, the fall in the Arizona Instructional League I don't know if the plans are to have him play in the fall league or not that's a possibility and Todd I know uh, people were very impressed and you were down there at spring training with what they saw from from Luis Robert and then he's had the thumb injury now and and uh hopefully getting back to it. And I, I would imagine until next spring training, we're probably not going to see, uh, you know, a, a ton of him. And hopefully he's gotten his work in by then and, and has made some uh, some jumps there. If the Cubs, if the White Sox are comfortable with it, I think he's got a chance to go to uh, the Arizona Fall League okay. where they play a, you know, 45, 50-game schedule. And uh, you can uh, also, uh, with some of the younger guys, you can have them on a schedule where they don't play every day. At, at part of the mm-hmm. mandatory, you know, provision going into it. And uh, we, we have on the line, Bruce, uh, intrepid reporter, David Schuster from Wrigley Field with, uh, with some news, I imagine. David. I imagine uh, you, Darvish, uh, how did he do in his bullpen, David? Well, he hasn't thrown just yet, Bruce. Right, actually, right now, he's just stretching out in the outfield and, and probably will start throwing in the next, I, I guess, a matter of moments. Um, what I'm told is that he's going to throw a bullpen session again today. I can't tell you how many pitches. I think he's gone from 16 to 25, I think it was 30, his last 30, one. 35. 30. Yeah. All right, so, you know, I'm sure he'll up the ante just a little bit here today. It's all going to be done in the bullpen. No hitters, obviously, against him. They might be some standing there for what that's worth. Um, and then the thought is, and again, Joe Madden will probably confirm it when we get a chance to talk to him very shortly, that if this goes well and he feels, you know, okay the next day, then the next thing on the agenda is a simulated game within the next, I don't know, three to four days after that. And then, you know, it's a whole step-toe process. You know, if, every, if everything goes well, then we're looking at a rehab start or two, at least, down the road and, and maybe maybe just back by the end of the month. I guess that's the best logical way of looking at this. I, I think you're right, David. If, if there are no hiccups, uh, I haven't penciled in for the last, uh, the last week in August uh, making his uh, – return to the Cubs after not pitching since May 20th. But you have to build up to at least 75, 80 pitches a couple times for them to be comfortable, especially with who you got here, not just looking at 2018, but the fact that you have them for five more years. Yeah, he just walked into the bullpen for what it's worth. Um, and, and I don't know if he's going to be throwing underneath the stands or if he'll, you know, I guess he will throw underneath the stands in the bullpen out there. So we won't be able to witness any of that. Again, the plan of attack, if all goes well, is after this, 
a simulated game would be up next. And, and then again, Bruce, I mean, we've both been seeing this for years and years. It's a process of building yourself back up. And I guess the hope is to get them back by the end of the month, as you said. David, appreciate the report. I'll see you out there. Keep a seat warm for me. Oh, it's plenty warm out here already, Bruce. Trust me. <laughs> All right. David Schuster out at Wrigley Field with the latest. He'll keep uh, Mike and Rosie updated on the uh, Darvish session as well as any other news, uh, and I'll be out there with him uh, the rest of the day. Speaking of Darvish, uh, Theo Epstein on with Mully and Haw uh, just yesterday morning. Uh, talking a little bit about Darvish. Uh, let's let's get to that, Mike. I do. Yeah, I feel that way. I'm, I'm a lot more confident about that now than I was two weeks ago. Um, but, you know, you almost have to make trades assuming guys don't come back. Um, but the reality is we expect all those guys to come back and make an impact. And uh, Darvish himself and uh, what, what they feel uh, he's going to be able to bring. Yeah, he's going to – they think he's coming back this year. He said he, he's feeling uh, feeling confident of that. Uh, in this uh, uh, last bite here, talks about uh, what he's done so far this week, obviously not including what he's about to do today. Darvish has had his best week in a long time and has a whole different look about him and is excited and can't wait to get off the mound in a sim game. And we'll have that sim game today, as David reported. Yeah, uh, not, not actually a sim game uh, from the perspective of uh, just throwing in the bullpen. So right. nobody's going to be swinging a bat and killing anybody in the uh, – in the bullpen down And hopefully there, there are no towel drills uh, that will be no. occurring. But, down, you know, the key there. is throwing healthy, throwing all his pitches, building up his arm strength. And, and we'll need uh, – I know you're headed out there as soon as we're done here in a few minutes, and you and David could uh, put on – carry your medical bags with you and put on your doctor's uh, stethoscopes because you could ask uh, and try to find out about Chris Bryant and Brandon Morrow and right. you Darvish now, and now, all of the others. Mike, uh, to the, the best of my knowledge – None of the three that you just mentioned have a return date yet, okay? Yep. So my question to you is, who do you expect to see first? Do you expect Morrow? Do you expect Darvish? Or with the second time on the DL for Bryant, it's already been 10 days this time, and no sign of him uh, returning to baseball duties as far as swinging the bat right now. Who's, Who's your pick to be there before September 1st? It would be Morrow if I had to pick. I mean, Bryant. the Bryant thing worries me because it's a shoulder thing. It's happened uh, continually this season. He rests it, it. It gets better. He comes back. He re-aggravates it. He goes back out. They need to have him healthy for the playoffs. Would you pick up a bat off the waiver wire uh, just to make sure? I mean, Bodie's done a nice job, but would you like to... If you, get a, you, know, if you can get an Adam Jones or somebody like that off of the... Uh, for waivers and have them for uh, a month and three quarters. You 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 want to do that to protect yourself? I guess the question then is who who gets bounced off of this this roster or sent down? Uh, I don't think they worry about hurting feelings. I think they well, worry no, about I, having the best team. Sure, and the answer is of course. Yes, yeah. I'm just I'm just thinking uh, aloud here. Well, as you know, we're talking I, I, about I, and and it's a fair thing. I mean, but you know, Madden always says just don't bring anybody in here because you have to understand what that'll do to the chemistry of the team if you take another important player and put him in a lesser role or yeah. even more drastically send him to the minor leagues. Uh, an 815, Jim and Lockport texts in and he says, uh, Mike Robert had four hits last night in Arizona. He'll go back to Winston-Salem for their playoff run. So good, interesting update. We appreciate that. Uh, and that's the, the kind of uh, input we get and we appreciate it from from our listeners here via 670 and then via the phone at 312 644 
Uh, it's an interactive show. It always is designed to be that way, and we, we certainly appreciate it. Will Jimenez come up this week? Uh, ideally, as a fan, you'd go, wow, imagine him coming up and playing against the Yankees Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday when they show up at uh, Guaranteed You're Ray. a conspiracy theorist I, over I there. am. I certainly <laughs> – I mean, uh, how do you keep him down on the farm? I, I think, look, they, they're not going to listen to me or anybody else that covers the game. They're going to bring him up in his own time. But he is dominating – so much down there. Do you realize uh, for the month of um, the last 28 days, he's he's uh, averaged 444. His slugging is uh, his, his OPS is 1300, Mike. Uh, mm-hmm. The guy is just dominating games and pitchers every day he goes out there. Again, does he have other work to do uh, defensively, his routes? You know, but why can't he join in with the other guys? that are still learning to play their positions at and, guaranteed rate. And no doubt. And, and I mentioned this earlier, but uh, it's worth repeating. The July White Sox minor league player and pitcher of the month were Eloy and Dylan Cease, the two guys they got last yeah. year for Jose Quintana. So and, if, if you're and, not happy about that, then I don't know what you're waiting for. And if for. you're a Cub fan, you're not happy about him winning 10 games. There's something wrong with you as well. Exactly. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. On the website, I write Cubs and Sox every day at 670thescore.com. We thank Assistant General Manager of the White Sox, Jeremy Haber. Also, David Bodie joined us on the show. Zach Withers does a tremendous job. We thank David Schuster for joining us from Wrigley Field as well. Mike, I'll see you next week. We'll look forward to it. We'll look forward to our next show as well. Steve Rosenblum is in the building. He will be joining us here For a little Saturday suckage, we'll be here till Cubs baseball 1245. That is next here on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 